It's time for This Week in the Big East, a comprehensive look at the teams, coaches, players, and the story tradition of the Big East Conference. Here are your hosts, longtime conference play-by-play announcer John Rook and Big East author and sports writer Kevin McNamara. Welcome to This Week in the Big East. It's our weekly look at the teams, coaches, players, and stories from the schools in the Big East Conference. I'm John Rook with Providence Journal beat writer, Basketball Times contributor, and author Kevin McNamara. And Kev, we have established there is a new bully on the block, but the old bully, not far behind when it comes to picking on the kids still living on this block. You got the Seton Hall Pirates and the Villanova Wildcats beginning to flex some muscle after the first month of play. Well, they've certainly separated from everybody else, but John, I'm not ready to say which bully is best. Uh, Seton Hall and Villanova have not played yet. They'll play in Philadelphia on February 8th and won't get a chance to play in Jersey until March 4th. So there's certainly an awful long way to go, not only in the Big East because that's the top of the league, but I think both teams have a chance at a 1-2-3 seed in the NCAA tournament. So there's a long way to go for both teams. I was just going to ask you that. So it looks like they're well on their way to that, right? Yeah. Certainly are. And if, you know, a, an undefeated best start ever Seton Hall team, if they can keep anything close to this going, right. they look like a potential one seed to me. Conference play is into week five, and while Seton Hall and Villanova are playing at a peak level right now, there's still well, there's a ton of time left for things to roll south for someone or for others to play catch-up. Butler, Creighton, Marquette, they've put together some solid performances and maybe, maybe can figure out a way to slow down those two teams up at the top. And, Kevin, who knows, really, if the Big East is as strong as many claim it is, someone from the middle or the bottom third of the league could pull the surprise or get on a run. I almost had that happen a couple of nights ago with, uh, with DePaul. So this is the time of the season for surprises. Just when you think you know things, you don't. No, I think there will be a team in the bottom five that puts together those you know, three or four game winning streaks, which can right the ship a little bit. But right now, all five aren't looking like NCAA teams to me. I got Seton Hall. I got Villanova, obviously, Butler, Creighton, and Marquette. After that, everyone is just slipping away from the bubble. Uh, maybe Georgetown. You know, Xavier had a really difficult double overtime loss uh, on Wednesday night. Uh, against Marquette, and now they have four or five on the road. So I was thinking maybe Xavier, yeah. but, boy, that's a that's a tough road to hold. At midweek in the net ranking system, all 10 Big East teams were ranked in the top 78 out of 353 Division One programs. Half of the league, five teams are ranked in the top 26 of the net. The Big East has been battling the Big 12 as the top conference in league RPI, and at midweek, the Big East sits on top. Let's jump into our Big East headlines. Seton Hall finished off a two-game sweep of DePaul Wednesday night at home with a 32-16 second-half run to put away the Blue Demons and win their 10th straight game, moving to a program record 8-0 in Big East play as we approach the halfway mark. It's the Hall's longest win streak in 27 years. In that Seton Hall game against the Blue Demons, who else but Miles Powell to lead the comeback charge? At one stretch, he scored 11 straight points. But center Romaro Gill continues to dominate inside. 19 block shots in the Pirates' past three games. Villanova overcame a slow start on the road at MSG to beat St. John's 79-59. Double-doubles for both Colin Gillespie and Jeremiah Robinson Earl. Double-figure rebounds for both of those guys. And the Wildcats roll into this weekend on a seven-game win streak of their own. Marquette played at Xavier Wednesday night, one in double overtime. It's their third overtime game in league play. And Marcus Howard became one of the most prolific scorers in college history, becoming the 72nd player all-time 
to hit the 2,500-point mark for a career. But he also took a bump on the noggin, Kev, and hopefully he'll be okay. He did, and, you know, i, I got to give Steve Wojciechowski a lot of credit. Uh, three overtime games in the first month of the season. He, he, maybe he's not getting paid enough, John. I, I, it's overtime, right? Yeah, and, uh, you know, to Marquette's credit, really valuable road win at uh, at Xavier. Marcus went out with tw- – he only played 25 minutes in the game, and who stood up? Sakar Anum had uh, 28. He played all 40, 48 minutes, right. and Kobe McEwen – was really big time down the stretch as well. He finished with 18. Well, if you have your own questions about your team or others that you follow, you can send them to us. Hit us up on Twitter with a hashtag, T-W-I-T-B-E. We call it TwitB. And thanks to our Westwood One affiliate stations for tuning in to check us out. If you're catching us on Sirius XM, welcome to our up-close and under-the-microscope view of the Big East Conference. And if you do the podcast thing, thanks for listening. Downloading iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, our podcast partners for this season. And make sure you leave us a review if you can. We'd certainly appreciate it. And you can also listen online. Catch us on BigEast.com and on WestwoodOneSports.com. This week, we'll try to find out just how one of the best shooters in the country developed his dead-eye range on the court. Plus, we'll get some insight from a familiar Big East name and voice who just loves it when teams D up and play man-to-man. But first, as a new guy coming into a storied position, there are some things the job description doesn't tell you as a new head coach. St. John's Mike Anderson joins us next. This week in the Big East. Coming up this week in the Big East Spotlight. Every day, the NCAA is working across campuses to keep college athletes safe by committing research and resources to their physical and mental health. Physical and mental health includes, but is not limited to, education, research initiatives and new policies on concussion, promoting best practices around cardiac health, sexual violence prevention and education, mental health resources and training, alcohol and other drug abuse prevention, guidance on nutrition, sleep and performance, creating safety guidelines for all NCAA sports, support of the American Development Model to prevent overuse injuries. And that's just what we could fit within 30 seconds. Visit NCAA.org slash well-being to learn more. Big E Spotlight. Whips the pass baseline. Heron on the baseline drive. Gets away and it's a way jam. Oh, Mustafa Heron. What a move to the hoop. When you're new on the job, it's always great if you can just fit in right away, like you've always been a part of the team. But when you take over as the head coach of a program, not necessarily up to you to fit in, but rather adapt to the personnel already there to fit in with what you have been charged to do to be successful. Mike Anderson is in his first season as head coach at St. John's after a coaching career that has seen successes at Arkansas, at UAB, at Missouri, and he joins us this week in the Big East. Mike, um, is there a need to fit in? when you're the new guy, or is there a need to let your team know right away that there's a new boss in town? Well, I think it's got to be a combination of, you know, the expectations of what you expect out of them, and uh, at the same time, evaluating what you got and uh, and try to put it all on the same page. I think, uh, as we can see with our team, you know, in non-conference play, uh, I thought our guys did a good job of, of paying attention and doing some of the things that we wanted to do. And then, of course, conference play, uh, it brings on a different animal. And, uh, and so the process continues. How about that? <laughs> uh, that's a good answer. Mike, I'm, I'm curious, uh, in the first, well, well, actually probably began in the summertime when you guys were on campus, how long did it take for them to know that there was a new style in town? Because I, I, you've, you talked pretty openly about how much running that you guys 
did in the offseason just to get your team ready to play the way you like to play? I thought more than anything else is just get to know each other. I think getting familiar with one another, coming in and hiring the staff, evaluating what we had, and, and of course, you know, wanting to play a certain way. And based on what you, you know, in terms of personnel you had, you, you may have to make some adjustments. And so, and I think that's what's been taking place: uh, getting familiar with one another and uh, letting them know their expectation, and then just creating a culture, uh, the culture that's going to be inviting to winning. You know, uh, unity, team. Uh, bonding, uh, playing together, you know, uh, sharing the basketball with how we play, uh, doing the same thing on defense, you know, fixing things on defense when things break down and uh, uh, just trying to stay on one accord. You know, it's interesting. Uh, a lot of the other Big East coaches kind of chuckled when they said, well, you know, St. John's didn't hire a Eastern guy, a New York guy. They knew Mike Anderson and they knew your track record, not having a losing season in 17 years. A lot of success at three different schools, NCAA tournament success. Your thoughts about coming to New York and, again, instituting your style in a new conference? Well, you know, obviously the conference and the coaches are very, 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 very superior. I mean, it's a great, great league. Uh, it's, it's To me, it's a basketball league and, uh, and a basketball region, so people uh, really gravitate toward it. Uh, but with that being said, I think basketball is basketball. So whether I'm coaching in the in, in, in the Big East, whether we're in the SEC, whether we're in the Sun Belt, basketball is ba- basketball. So uh, we're all trying to you know get our teams to perform at a high level and play on the same page and you know uh, and you know everybody have their own personalities and most teams kind of they eventually take on the personality of the coach coach you had uh, you know a certain style that you like to play with over the course of your, your previous stops and then you learned under one of the greats of the game and Nolan Richardson so how soon will it take you to sort of move to what you know best or is there a nece- is there a necessity to move to that style of play eventually are you more comfortable with that i guess we're looking at w- what the adaptive nature is of trying to fit in uh when it comes to being a head coach at a program in a first year well i think over the course of years of being a head coach and even as an assistant coach uh, one thing i i learned from coach is you know uh, you don't be just married to a system you be married to winning and you're trying to figure out how to win. And I think over the course of the teams I've had as a head coach, you know, I had to make adjustments. And I think the key is, obviously, we want to play up-tempo basketball without a doubt. We want to play pressure defense. Uh, but I think your personnel dictates that And uh, in terms of, you know, uh, how you want to do it. So uh, when we say 40 minutes of hell, it's not necessarily pressing. You know, maybe it's being disruptive, whether it be in the half court, full court. And I think that's what people, you know, they see the 40 minutes of hell, they think, oh, press, press. No, 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 no. It's it's basketball. The, the game hadn't changed. It's fundamentals of basketball: passing, shooting, defending, rebounding, uh, taking charges without getting to the free throw line. I mean, those are the same thing. Now we want to speed it up a little bit, and uh, but I think you know it's it's about being married to winning. Mike, with today's offensive focus on you know three point shooting, even the big guys want want to shoot threes. Does that play into your style even more that you can play faster when there's you know longer rebounds and, and maybe short, shorter time on the shot clock? I think you're, you're right. You know the game with the landline being back open up more space. Uh, uh, I love versatility, so I love big guys that can get it and put it on the floor and let's let's advance the ball up the floor. And I think when you start doing that, then you can really you know uh, play at a faster pace and uh, and then play to their instincts. I think that that's the biggest thing with, with what we try to do.
Mike Anderson, head coach of St. John's, with us this week in the Big East. You know, the two players I think that a lot of fans would identify with are two guys that can certainly put it up from outside, and L.J. Figueroa and Mustafa Heron. But the guy I want to ask you about initially is Rasheem Dunn. He, he came in as a transfer to your program uh, and, and really from a, a mid to a low major program, and yet he has shown unbelievable speed, and I think his foot speed really has caught a lot of people by surprise. So what have you talked to Rasheem about in terms of trying to improve his game and refine it, and where can he go from here? i tell you what, he has really come in and fit in real well in terms of giving us a guy that can go up the bounce and create for knowledge for himself. He's always been a scorer, yep. and so uh, we want to use that quickness and that speed, not only just on offense and scoring and create for others, but on defense as well. And I think he's I think he's learning as he goes, and uh, but what a, what a been a, he's been a big boost to us because of, you know, when you talk about, you know, say LJ and Mustafa, those guys have you know, proven themselves over the years that they're, they're really good players, and they have another guy that can be an offensive uh, a weapon, so to speak. And uh, but he's an exciting player. And uh, but one of the things we just talked about is just you know uh, trust your teammates. You know because sometimes guys have been scores at you know lower levels. Guess what they want to do? Right. They want to just score. Sure. And so now, hey, hey, let's trust trust your teammates. And uh, and uh, I think he's getting better at it. Rashim had 24 mm-hmm. points, three threes. Mm-hmm. Five rebounds uh, against Villanova the other night. He's uh, he's a pest, John. Uh, that's that's how I regard Rashim. And, he's a fast pest. Yeah, and I, I think the uh, St. John's will have a lot of pesty, pesky type players uh, under Mike Anderson. Mike, I- I'm curious what you think of the rest of the league. I know you haven't played everybody yet, but it's getting close. Uh, is it more of a a defensive league than maybe you, you thought, or you, you knew what you were getting into in the Big East. Well, first of all, I think it's a very physical league. I think they, you know, they let you play, and uh, and I think the you know, more physical, aggressive teams uh, 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 tend to be the team that, when we look at the standings, they're on top. Uh, I think they, uh, there's a lot of experience coming back uh, in the league in terms of players that are high-profile players. Uh, so the scoring uh, is there, the defense is there. You got great coaches in in, in this league, and so forth. Uh, new guy coming in, he might have picked the wrong year to come in <laughs> <laughs> because the top to bottom is the best it's been. I think it's best been since you know the, the, the new Big East, and, uh, and and they're putting it on display. I think it's one of the best leagues in the in the country from top to bottom. I think you can ask Kevin Willard that he, he just fought his way by DePaul. DePaul's in the bottom mm-hmm. of the league right now, and uh, I think we know that DePaul's a good team. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. Uh, Mike, one last one. Uh, I'm curious if you had ever coached a team in Madison Square Garden. And you probably learned right away when you guys took uh, West Virginia down uh, in December what the Garden can do for for a winning St. John's team. Well, I think you know the, the potential and the excitement. Uh, obviously, the tradition there. Uh, hadn't coached one. That was my first game in coaching there, and you know, you know, as a coach coming in and been in this business for a while, been there as an assistant coach, played there, won a NIT championship many, many years ago. Right, right. Uh, but but never been a coach there, and you know, uh, the coach's mindset is always, hey, it's the next game on our schedule. Hey, it's it's it, the goals are the same. It's the, the course the same, and uh, but when you you know you coach in a game, you play in a game, and you happen to win a game, uh, it's it's very very special. Uh, it's a very very special place, and and we want it to be the uh, very very special for all all the New York fans. That's St. John's head coach Mike Anderson. Next up, who's hot? Who's got it going? Who's getting the props? Who to watch for this weekend and beyond? That's next. This week in the Big East. Coming up, who's hot? This week in the Big East. The Providence College experience, rooted in academic excellence, shared values, and an uncommon sense of community is both unique and exceptional. 
A premier Catholic liberal arts college, PC has 3,900 undergraduate students, a dynamic, engaged community, and a great location just minutes from downtown Providence. With pride in its heritage, Providence College looks forward to a bright future. Learn more at providence.edu. Who's hot? Bay looking inbound. Finds Robinson Earl left of the lane. Now starting to back down on Watson. Powers up off the glass and good. And a quick start for the Cats and they lead 5-0. Yeah, Watson needs to use more of his strength to try to keep Robinson Earl from that close to the basket. Round a screen up on top. Hand it off for Baldwin. Baldwin up ahead of the circle. Driving. High off the glass. Shot is good. Wow. Oh, 14 now on the day for Kamar Baldwin. Nine to shoot. McDermott looking to pass it off. It's Baldwin. Shot clock at five. Bulldogs leading by four. Baldwin pull up three. Good. That was tough. And KB was cool, calm, collected there late in the clock. Rebound brought down by Gillespie. Under a minute to go. Cats lead by three. Gillespie finds Rob Zero. Flying in for the jam. Cats by five. 54 to go. Timeout. You got to love it. Welcome back to this week of the Big East. John Rook with Kevin McNamara. The weekly honor roll within the conference has Butler's Kamar Baldwin as the player of the week. He helped to take the Bulldogs past Marquette in overtime. Scored 29 of 31 points after halftime for the week. 77 minutes in two games and only had two turnovers. So Kamar Baldwin, Kevin, is turning out to be the kind of player I think that Number one, we all expect him to be in number two. We've talked so much about Miles Powell and Marcus Howard. I think you're going to put Kamar Baldwin in that same conversation in terms of preeminent guards in the country. That was my response. You know, Powell and Marcus Howard deservedly are first-team All-American candidates. Kamar Baldwin is having as good of a season. He, he doesn't have the 36 and the 42-point outbursts, but when Butler needs points, they get it to Kamar and he delivers. Probably the game of the year in the Big East – uh, with that Marquette overtime game, and it's one that Butler needed. The uh, freshman of the week is Robinson Earl, Jeremiah Robinson Earl Villanova. Uh, it's the third straight week. It's the fourth time this season he's taken the honors. He started the week with 12 points and 14 boards in a win over Butler, and then he followed up with 17 points and three boards and three steals in a win at Providence. So this guy does it all because he also leads the Big East in free throw shooting. It's not early, but it's not late either. Robinson Earl is going to be the rookie of the year yeah. in the in the Big East. Yep. He's he's uh, he's going to win many more times. He's going to be the player of the year eventually, a player of the week eventually in the Big East. Uh, an outstanding rebounder, John. I, I know Jay Wright earlier in the year on our show had said some players have a, a gift for rebounding, and Robinson Earl is one of those guys. In league games, he's averaging ten rebounds a game. He's had eleven different double figure rebounding games this season. Uh, he's a, a vital, vital piece for Villanova. On the Big East honor roll, Mitch Balaka Creighton, who will be joining us in just a couple of moments. 2-0 and a week for the Blue Jays, 15.5 points, 4.5 rebounds, shot 47 point from three-point range. Ho-hum, right? Marcus Howard, speaking of ho-hum, 29 points and five assists in a one-on-one week for the uh, uh, Marquette Golden Eagles. More on Marcus coming up. L.J. Figueroa, St. John's. Romaro Gill, Seton Hall. Uh, that young man continues to improve, and he is such a threat at the rim. And Colin Gillespie of Villanova, who also turned in a double-double of his own with double-digit rebounds and a win for the Wildcats this week. How about that? Colin Gillespie, as good of a point guard there is in the Big East, and if not the country, has... Eight rebounds against Providence, 13 rebounds against St. John's. John, if he's going to do that, Jay Wright will never take him off the floor. Right. He shouldn't. No. He, he pro- probably shouldn't. So 
uh, Marcus Howard, I-, I wanted to go back to him for just a moment because 18 points that he scored in um, the Golden Eagles win Wednesday night at Xavier before he had to leave with a head injury. We mentioned a little bit earlier, but he did surpass 2,500 points for his career, which certainly puts him among the uh, the elite players in college basketball history. He's also now third all-time in Big East scoring. He passes Luke Herringote and Terry DeHare, two great names, great players from not too far away past, but Terry DeHare is about 25 years ago. And Steve Wojciechowski did mention after the game that he don't believe that he suffered a concussion, so that's good news for Marquette fans. No question. Uh, Marcus Howard is just having an unbelievable year. And it's funny, I'll be curious to see how the Player of the Year and All-American honors shake out because I think we've, whenever we hear Marcus Howard, we think, well, Miles Powell. Yeah. It, it's, it, well, they don't play on the same team. They only play two times uh, you know, a year against each other. They're both so much fun to watch that they shouldn't be compared against each other. Just sit back and enjoy and watch them score. And when we do that conversation between those two guys, we we got to add uh, Kamara Ball. Kamara, as, as we said. Yeah. I, absolutely. The, the, the league is blessed, and the only people who aren't blessed – the opposing coaches trying to stop these guys. <laughs> One other note, by the way, if you follow the Xavier Musketeers, undoubtedly you're you're perplexed by their two and six start to Big East play. You know, X started last season three and eight, and then finished nine and nine. So I'm wondering what the chances are that not only could happen again for the Muskies, but maybe for anybody else in that lower third in the Big East. Cap, what do you think? Well, Xavier's lost some close ones. Uh, the most recent one, uh, double overtime at home against Marquette, and with four of the next five on the road. Really hard, and we're talking at Seton Hall, at Butler, among those trips. The only home game against a Providence team that seems to be as uh, one of the toughest outs in the league. Uh, it's just a tough stretch for the Musketeers. I, you know, I, I'm not really sure who in that bottom five right now has a chance to win that you know four or five game turnaround winning streak that they're going to need in order to play themselves back into a postseason contention. Well, Creighton's fortunes this season largely surround a unique ability to spread the floor, and whoever has the ball in the hands seemingly can sharpshoot with the best marksman in the country. And while Creighton's offensive prowess is substantial, an improving ability to defend may actually be their ticket to madness in March. One of the Blue Jays' best bombers, Mitch Ballack, joins us next, this week in the Big East. Coming up next, the Big East Focus. At Creighton University, our academic programs are recognized nationally for excellence and innovation. Creighton's outstanding undergraduate research opportunities, internships, and clinicals provide students with a chance to explore, create, and discover new knowledge. With business, law, healthcare, and multiple degree options in the arts and sciences, you will leave Creighton ready to begin your career. And our students form a passionate community ready to contribute something meaningful to the world while in college and after graduation. Visit Creighton.edu to learn more about the Creighton experience. Big East Focus. Ballack, Rocky, bomb, boom! Oh, Ethan, Rocky, baby, eat your heart out! Mitch Ballack, his 11th, five-point factory pointer. I hope you're listening, big fella. Welcome back to This Week in the Big East. I'm John Rook with Kevin McNamara. You know, it's one thing to be known as a good shooter. And Creighton's Mitch Ballack is definitely one of those guys. He's third in the Big East in three-point percentage, second in threes made per game. But what you might not have known about Mitch, however, is that he leads the Big East in minutes played on the floor, too, and that he and his teammates lead the league in three-point field goal defense. Ballack joins us this week in the Big East. Mitch, has anyone ever asked you if you prefer defending the three over shooting the three? Uh, no one's ever asked me that. Uh, I'd probably say, obviously, more of a more of a shooter's mentality, so I'd rather shoot three than probably defend the three. 
Well, we, we were giving you a chance there to say something for Coach McDermott's behalf there. So, M- M- Mitch, we'd rather have you shoot the three than defend the three, too. <laughs> I think fans would rather see you shoot the three. <laughs> yeah, it, it could go either way. I don't know. Honestly, I didn't know all those stats. I didn't know all those things. So, it's kind of cool. Yeah, well, it is kind of cool. So, I guess that leads us to what, you know, because when fans watch you play, you seemingly have no distance that is a bad shot. What do you and, and Coach McDermott have in terms of an agreement between you over what is a good shot and what is a bad shot? From the time I was a freshman, Coach Mack was just big into, hey, if I see you put in the work and and, and I see you, like, have a comfortability to shoot that shot, then I'm good with it. And I shoot a lot of shots from a lot of different a lot of different distances, and he's, I mean, at the end of the day, he's cool with it, and he gives me that green light because I have capabilities of making it. So, honestly, I just go by feel, and if I have my feet under me, I don't care if I'm at 30 or 22. I just I just kind of, I've just been in the gym a lot to, to kind of get to that level, and then he knows that, so he gives me the green light, and he's cool with it. I wanted to ask a quick follow-up on that. How did you develop your range as a shooter? Because this is how, you know, kids want to play today. They want to, Everybody wants to shoot the three. So how did you develop yeah. your game, number one? And number two, how has the new distance this year affected your ability to shoot? Yeah, that's a, that's a step coming with that, first of all. But uh, hmm. uh, honestly, when I was in high school, um, like towards the end of my junior year and starting my senior year, I started, I mean, I would always shoot online. I was always like a 37-ish percent shooter and never shot great because I would shoot a lot of tough ones. And and then in high school, they started double teaming. So then uh, I just kind of had to, I kind of had to scoot back if I wanted to be successful on the offensive end. So I started, started lengthening my distance and started shooting deeper. And then I started getting more comfortable when I was in the gym. And then I got a little stronger as time went on. And then everything else just, fell together so it was nice Mitch that's the same thing that Steph Curry would say the difference between Davidson and the NBA you just got to go a little further back that's all uh exactly yeah. exactly as of, as uh, in terms of this year I mean from from what is it 18 inches did they move it back 18 inches yeah yeah uh I never really I mean last year I wouldn't even just really shoot on the line so I didn't really think it would affect me it's more of a it's more of a mental game you're playing mind games with yourself and uh, I don't think the 18 inches has really affected me so far this year. So, Mitch, I know you were, you know, highly recruited Kansas, a few other schools before you picked Creighton. In in, in retrospect, you know, you pro- I probably couldn't envision a more perfect Creighton player than Mitch Ballack. Uh, I'm, I'm sure things have worked out exactly as you probably dreamed. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, obviously, when you're when you're going through that process, uh, I recommend to all the high school kids just kind of find the best fit. And when you listen to guys like. Like the low level guys, they're like the lower level Division One guys, like Clay Thompson and and Steph Curry, obviously, and Dame Lillard. Like those guys went to went to schools that could that could really use their their skills and their talents in a way that benefits them and benefits the program. So I felt like Creighton was the best opportunity for me to develop on and off the court. And yeah, I mean, it's my third year, and I I mean, I haven't had one regret in my head. What is, Mitch, what is the, you think, the over, uh, I guess, the overwhelming trait that this basketball team is? What's your identity? I mean, we've already talked about your offense and your shooting, and you guys seem incredibly comfortable when you play on your home floor. What would you say this identity is, and what do you need it to be for you guys to get to where you want to go? Uh, I think it's just just grit and toughness. Uh, Obviously, we're not the biggest team in the league. Um, We essentially play four guards and an undersized five-man, so... I think it's just grit, grit and toughness on the defensive end because obviously on the offensive end we, we create mismatches with with the way that we space the floor and with 
our abilities and how we how we play with each other. Uh, but on the defensive end, it's just that grit and toughness on the on the defensive end and on the rebound or on the board. So when we when we take care of that, we we usually put ourselves in a pretty good situation to win. So I'd say that's our identity, and we have to keep growing in that area if we want to be successful moving forward. Hey, John Creighton in the Big East games uh, is fifth in team defense, and uh, I think if Greg McDermott said we're halfway through the, you know, league schedule and we're halfway in the in the defense numbers, he'd be happy. With he'd that, take right? that. He'd yeah. take that. M- Mitch, I'm curious. Uh, I understand you're a really big Kobe Bryant fan. You wear 24 because of Kobe. You guys actually, I, th- I believe, were playing uh, on Sunday when the awful news broke out of California. Can you just take us back to to that moment and how did you get ready to play? We played at three o'clock, and I came out on the corner at one thirty-five to get all my, just to get ready for the game, get going. And Marcus, I remember I walked by Marcus, and Marcus had his phone and just listening to music on the sideline. He like, he was like, "Yo," like in a serious voice, and he's like, "Kobe just died." And we're like, a couple of us were like, kind of, kind of laughed it off and joked. We're like, "Dude, shut up!" Like we thought he was just kind of kidding with us. And then uh, he's like, "No, I'm serious." So then we all gathered around the phone and. It was like three in a row things on Twitter. It was like three in a row uh, stories about it from pretty credible sites. And then we were like, dang, it's real. So then uh, obviously it kind of hit me and it kind of, it, it didn't seem like it was reality from from the time I heard the news. And then as it kept going and going and more people started figuring it out and you could see the looks on everybody's face in the arena at the time. And it was just, I mean, it was unbelievable. Hey, uh, t- tell me, why was Kobe your guy? Uh, I don't know. I think for a lot of reasons. Uh, obviously, you have like the mama mentality. You have all that, and he just had so much, so much joy and like inspiration playing the game. And he would do it with a with a tenacity that was just unmatched. So, growing up watching him, uh, he just had that mentality that no one else possessed. And I never see, I never saw anybody play the game like he did. And he just, he just gave it his all every time he can. I mean, every time he could on both ends of the floor, and he just. I don't know, it was just aspiring to watch that as a young basketball player. And then obviously just fell in love with the way he played. And then I just, I've been wearing 24 ever since I was like nine years old. It's all very understandable. Creighton's Mitch Ballack with us this week in the Big East. You guys have a big one, big opportunity this weekend uh, by traveling to Villanova and, and knowing that, you know, even though your team has already done pretty well, and I think six quadrant one wins already this season, which should have you in pretty good shape as far as the national point of view is concerned, Villanova still seems to be every year to be one of those teams that everybody kind of looks up to and needs to beat. How are you guys approaching this one? For sure. Uh, they're definitely one of those teams. Obviously, we have a program established like they are and have that culture and that and that just stability around their program. And just you, you always like to beat those teams because those are good dubs for your, for your team moving forward. But obviously, we played them. Uh, I think like our third game of the year or something yep. Yep. Uh, at home, and they and we let one slip away. Uh, I mean, we controlled the game for 37 minutes, and then we just we just flopped at the end. So obviously, we have that we have that sour taste in our mouth in the last game. So we want to go into their place and hopefully finish the game and play for 40 minutes against against a really good team. And we we know what it takes to beat them. Uh, you have to be solid. Don't bring your A game for 40 minutes, especially on the road. So. We're obviously looking forward, or looking for that redemption, and just trying to trying to finish the game for forty minutes. Yeah, Mitch, for someone who didn't grow up in the East, uh, you've certainly made a lot of road trips out here to the East Coast uh, for the last four years. What do you like the best? What do you like the best about uh, being on the road in the Big East? 
Uh, road trips are awesome, uh, especially the way we travel. I mean, we, we travel unbelievable, and it's just good to be on the road and be be with your teammates, just kind of build those relationships. And we fought to, and we go out to dinners the night before, and you know, we all we all get together and hang out and talk. So you develop that relationship off the court that hopefully translates on the court. But the Big East is, I mean, it's awesome. You go to you go to unbelievable cities, and Coach Mac, Coach Mac's really good about uh, letting us go out and see stuff. So, like, when we were in D.C., we went to the Monuments and saw all that stuff. And we went to the White House, so he took us, took us and did. And we did some really cool stuff. Uh, personally, my favorite city to be in is in the Big East is Providence, just because it's not too big, it's it's not too small, but it's, it's got a good city feeling. And my freshman year, we, we bust over to Boston, which is about, a I don't know, 40-minute bus ride over to Boston for the Celtics game. And I just got really good vibes in the Providence-Boston area, so... Personally, that's my favorite place to go in the Big East. But everywhere, everywhere, you play in some cool arenas and you play in some really cool cities. So it's a cool conference to be a part of. Thanks to Creighton's Mitch Ballack. The Blue Jays Saturday begin that road swing that will take them to Philadelphia for the date with Villanova. Five Quadrant One wins exactly to already this season, but that is tied for sixth best nationally. Now, no political agendas here, but maybe a few onions on the way. The governor, Bill Raftery, is next. This week in the Big East. Coming up next, the National Perspective. As one of the country's leading Catholic universities, Seton Hall has been shaping students in mind, heart, and spirit since 1856. Today, the hall is home to nearly 10,000 students taught by world-class faculty. Our professors shine in the classroom, sharing their expertise with bright young minds who are hungry to learn. And as a member of the Big East, our student-athletes compete in one of the nation's top athletic conferences. Whether on the court or in the classroom, our students learn by doing. This is Seton Hall's moment. Be part of it. The National Perspective. 9.1. Got to get Hasbrook heads to the right corner. The jumper from Moore. Oh, yes! I just... Wow! First overtime. Let them play. Eubulus, seven seconds to go. Three-pointer. Oh! I just... Double water. Garden variety. The little guy knocking him down big time. Welcome back to This Week in the Big East. He has long been a favorite of fans around the league, but when Bill Raftery was the head coach at Seton Hall back in the early days of this conference, Coach Raft would probably be the first to tell you that love somehow got lost. Kevin Raft has not been just an entertaining, astute observer of the college game, but he's also been a champion for the style of play and the success the Big East has come to represent over the past 40 years. When you hear Bill Raftery's voice, you think Big East. And maybe more importantly, John, right. when you see Bill Raftery, whether it's a, a current player, coach, media guys like us, 